right. Thank you, Pastor. I want to say thank you, Pastor Hanks and church family, school family, for the opportunity to be here. And uh, y'all have really spoiled us missionaries. My heart is full. My belly is full. I'm still full from supper last night, but I will have room for lunch. Don't you worry. Amen. I want to say thank you for your kindness to us. Um, I have some books uh, I want to give away uh, afterwards, uh, maybe one to each class for the teachers and then the college students and any that remain um, can share. And it was just written to be an encouragement with missions. Uh, our family, you know, is the Rhodes family, my name is Joshua Rhodes, my wife's name is Vashti, and uh, she was born and raised in Trinidad, the Lord saved her out of a Hindu family, and uh, she was born again and trained in Bible school there, and uh, I'm married up, brother, I married me a queen, Amen. And the uh, Lord's given us uh, some children. And Mercy Joy is 11. And uh, she, my son Josh Jr. is 9. And they're with their mama there in North Carolina. And I was thinking, brother, for that, would you rather, of uh, North Carolina be, would you rather give up sweet tea or banana pudding? Brother, there'd be war over that, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's a blessing to be here this morning. Amen. Let me get my timer out. I know you've never heard a preacher say in conclusion 47 times, but uh, I don't want to be that guy. But amen, all right, praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles today to Luke chapter 7. I know we got uh, kindergarten all the way to post-college and uh, missionaries have been on the field longer than I've been alive and so there's a, a vast uh, difference of age and experience. But I'm thankful we can come and sit, look to the Word of God and have it help us all. And uh, I'm a glorified mud ball on a good day. I just want to honor the Lord today. And I just share how the Lord's worked throughout our life and uh, see what God would do in your life if you just say, yes, Lord, uh, whatever you want to do, Lord. The, the check's blank. I don't even hold the check. You hold that as well. And uh, so we'll just look to the Lord today. In Luke chapter 7, verse 36, the Bible says, And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. Let's pray. Lord, Father, I'm thankful for the opportunity. I do pray you'd uh, fill me with your spirit that I may magnify your name. I pray you'd anoint the message. And Lord, we have a vast uh, range of people here today that are, well, just lo they love you, Lord, and they've been faithful many years. And then we have uh, young ones as well. I pray you'd Help me, Lord, throughout the message that what is said today would be an encouragement, a challenge, a blessing that, uh, that would strengthen our walk with you, Lord. Lord, thank you for rising again that third day. Thank you for your son. We love you. Thank you for the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to preach this afternoon. Now, I know lunchtime's coming, and I smell lunch coming downstairs, so I will not preach longer than lunchtime. I promise we're going to stop in time to have lunch. Amen. But today, I would like to share... The, uh, the, the thought with you, the greatest freedom in all the world. The greatest freedom in all the world. Uh, I was, uh, I, uh, I served as the field director of the Faith Baptist Church Philippine Ministry. 
And uh, part of what I do is I make several trips to the Philippines and see what the 31 churches that we're up to now are doing and to visit with the pastor and, and be in their service. And so you, how do you get in 20, 30 churches? You, you spend about three weeks going to a church a day and trying to visit as many as possible. And the ones you can't get to come to the ones you can. And so I lose track of the fish and rice and the people and the uh, jeepneys and near-death experiences and, and uh, joys of traveling throughout the Philippine traffic and, uh, and visit as many as possible. One of the pastors introduced me one time to a man named Mr. Flores. Mr. Flores was a very short man. And uh, he, I mean, he was very short. I mean, shorter than normal. And, uh, and he was very quiet, sitting in the pew, very well-behaved uh, gentleman. And Pastor Novin said, Brother Josh, when the Philippines call you Pastor Josh, I said, I'm not a pastor. I'm a preacher. Okay, Pastor Josh. I say, okay, whatever. I say, Pastor Josh, come meet Brother Flores. And I come over there. Oh, Brother Flores, it's great to meet you. I'm Joshua Rhodes. Honored to meet you, sir. And he, he took my hand. He started squeezing. It's like somebody had a vice. He just kept squeezing my hand. And finally, my, I mean, my hand's turning white. I'm like, hello, brother. You know, I'm cross-eyed, like, trying to, I, get, you know, I sort of put a little grit in there. And, and he just keeps squeezing. And he says, God forgave me. From all 12. Praise the Lord. I had more than 12 sins when I got saved. But praise the Lord. I can't feel my elbow right now. But so glad to meet you. And he let go of my hand. And the color starting to move back into my arm. And, so glad to see you sir. I'm going to go over here. And, and, I, and I'm walking away. Brother Pastor Noah Mortega said. What is up with that guy? I mean he like killed my hand. And I'm trying to be a man. And he took all the bass out of my voice. And I'm thinking my soul. And he, and he said what's this about? God forgave me from all 12. I mean. He only sinned 12 times. I mean, I'm glad he realized he was a sinner, but that's a low number, don't you think? He's like 80 years old. Well, God saved him. Praise the Lord. From 12. Uh-huh. From 12 what? Yeah. Yeah, tw- yeah, yeah, what? Well, from 12 men. Oh, he, he was, okay. Well, praise the Lord for the blood. It's under the blood. You know, it's all under the blood. Praise God. Look into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hey, I don't need to know his past. We know his future, amen. He said, no, 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 no. He didn't have boyfriends. He was a murderer. He what? Brother Flores, to squeeze the fire out of my hand, had murdered 12 different men in his lifetime. See, the previous President Marcos and the previous presidents of the Philippines uh, knew people that could take people to disappear. And Mr. Flores' name got in the hallways of the Philippine Congress. And President Marcos got word, this man is good at what he does. He knew the criminals. He, the, he knows who's bad people. And he said, I have a problem. I need this problem to go away. And one of his staff told him, oh, this Mr. Flores over in Boacan province, people could go away with him. Oh, and 12 different times throughout Mr. Flores' life, he'd get a phone call. We have a problem with this person, with that person. The scandal's about to go public with this newspaper article, with this writer, with this author. We need the problem to go away. This congressman is causing me problems. I need the problem to go away. Twelve different times, Mr. Flores murdered a man at being paid to do so. And when when Pastor Nelvin knocked on his door... He said, I'm Pastor Nelvin from Christian Baptist Church, and, and I want to open my head as Bible opens. I want to show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Do you know? He said, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a bad man. And I know I can't pay my way to heaven. The Padre told me I have to pay hundreds of thousands of pesos to go to heaven. I can't pay my way. I'm an old man. Hey, you know what? Let me take what's coming my way. Go on to the next house. Maybe you can help them. 
Pastor Melvin had to take a step back when he heard that. He never had somebody, you go door knocking, you don't hear that very often, ever. He said, well, let me show you. He said, it's not a church hymn, it's a Bible truth. Jesus paid it all. And he opened that Bible and showed Brother Flores, hey, this is how you can know you're going to heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I wear that pen just to let other people know what you think about this doctrine and that doctrine. I'm a whosoever and you're a whosoever. And if you have a heartbeat, you have a choice of will I ask the Lord to be my personal Lord and Savior? Hey, he had a choice and Brother Flores was put that, was presented that opportunity. He said, show me in your Bible. The Catholic Church is 80% of the Philippine religious belief. They're told you don't need to read your Bible. You let us read the Bible for you. Hey, you'll never go wrong reading your Bible, friends. And he opened that Bible and showed him hey, how that Jesus paid it all. He rose again that third day. He's in heaven even now, interceding on your behalf. And Brother Flores said, yes, I want that. He said, wait a minute. And he ran to the back of his house and he put on a t-shirt and he come back. He said, I got my t-shirt and my flip-flops and my shorts on. Can I pray now to God? He said, you could have prayed without your t-shirt, but that's okay, sure. And Brother Flores prayed. And asked the Lord to come into his heart. And I, I got to meet him in church. And, and after church, he, hey, he waved. And I just wanted to wave. I don't want to shake his hand again. And he said, God, save me from all 12. Can I tell you, friends, the greatest freedom in all the world is found in the person of Jesus Christ. We see here in this chapter, verse 37, we see the center. Or we see the scene taking place. I'm sorry, we're going to get to the center. Don't you worry. I is one. But the first, the scene taking place, Jesus having supper. Now, I'm in Kansas. I, I, I don't know whether y'all have dinner or do y'all have supper. Do you talk to me? Talk to me. Do y'all have, you won't get into marriage, I promise. Dinner or supper? Y'all, what? I'm sorry, that was the mixed language I ever heard one. What was that? Supper. supper. Praise God, I'm in the right church. Okay. Everything was going good. I was like, oh, we're having dinner. Got to change churches. Okay. So Jesus is having supper or supper. It depends on how deep south you are. Uh, he having supper with the Pharisees. Now you say, well, isn't that nice? Jesus having supper with the Pharisees. That's so nice. The Pharisees, the 28 times throughout the book of Luke, every time they are mentioned in the Bible, they cause them problems. They're trying to kill Jesus. They're trying to capture Jesus. They're trying to trick Jesus. Don't worry, I'm not going to step. They're, they're, they're trying to get them. They're, they're trying to cause problems. Do you know anybody that causes problems? Yeah, that second row, he's all, I know somebody. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Every time Jesus was in the presence, bodily presence or near the Pharisees, they were trying to uh, uh, oppose the work of God. Yet here we are, Jesus having supper in one of their houses, old Simon. You know, I'm thankful that Jesus came to where he wasn't always wanted. And I'm thankful as a six-year-old boy. He come by my way in that furniture store. My mama's selling couches out front. I'm in the back of the nursery where they got the nursery for the kids. And I'm playing with my Fisher-Price toys and my little cars that when you hit the front of them, they, they, they spin around like they broken, you know. And I had my Fisher-Price airport right here. And Derek, my 12-year-old babysitter, said, Josh. I said, yeah, Derek. Hey, say, you going to heaven? I said, I sure hope so. I'm six years old. I don't know nothing. I mean, I know don't say bad words. Don't look at bad things and say yes, sir. No, sir. He said, you going to ask? I hope so. He said, Joshua, you ever sinned? I had to think about it. I couldn't remember. I said, well, last week. I was a sinner last week, Derek. He said, you were a sinner last week. What'd you do? I said, Derek, I, I bit my sister. I bit her good. 
She's mean. I had to set her straight. You understand? And he said, what'd you do? I said, I got her arm. And she was mean to me. And I, her arm. I'm not going to bite your arm. Don't worry. She's nervous. And I bit her arm. She's an adult, mature, two years old. She knew better. I had to set her straight. Now, don't go bite nobody, okay? They bite people. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Six kids this day. And he said, why'd you bite her? I said, she was mean. What happened? Well, my mama caught me. She said, did you bite your, 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 your sister here in the big old molar marks on the arm? I'm, no, ma'am, that won't me. It's just me and my sister in there. She said, did you bite your sister? Well, then who did? No, I'm a very good liar. I'm CIA operating trained, I know. And I was a straight face as I could as a six-year-old boy. I said, Mama, cricket bit, bit Tessa. <laughs> They're known for their teeth, Mama. They bit her, I'm telling you. North Carolina, we got big crickets, brother, I'm telling you. You vouch for me, okay? She said, a cricket, come with me. She didn't even ask no more questions. She took me by the arm. Long before we had COVID vaccines, I inoculated myself. She said, hug that toilet. I don't even know if it was a, it was a furniture store toilet. You know it's nasty. I'm hugging this toilet. My, mama's, my mama can quote scripture, love Jesus, and beat the devil at the same time. She said, thou shalt not lie. Foolishness is bound to the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. By that time, I wanted to be like Jesus. I knew don't lie. I knew be nice. I knew to be kind. I said, I'm sorry. And I'm crying because I'm still a little sore. And, but my, my mama, she told me, I realized I violated God's laws. One of God's laws is thou shalt not lie. And I lied, didn't I? If I told my mama something that wasn't true, that's lying. I told Derek, I said, Derek, that's when I, I realized I lied. I'm a sinner. He said, Joshua, you come near me, I'll kick you. I said, I ain't coming near you, Derek. I ain't, my biting days are over. And I, that day I realized I was a six-year-old boy. I was raised in church just like y'all. But I realized that God, as big as he is, and all that he done, he died for me. I tell you, friends, Christ died for you. If you were the only one on planet Earth, Jesus would still come and have died for you. I found out somebody loves me. I found out somebody would travel far from me. I found out somebody would sacrifice much for me. Hey, I realized, hey, his name's Jesus and he wants to live in my heart. I don't know how, but he's there because I asked him and he's been there. And I, my biting days are done. He changed me, amen. Old things are passed away, but all things have become new. Hey, uh, the, the scene taking place, this Pharisee had Jesus having supper and Jesus knew what he was. Yet he came. I'm glad Jesus knows what I am, but he come anyway. I was a sinner on my way to hell and he come in my heart. I'm thankful whether you're a six-year-old child or a 60-year-old adult. Hey, God wants to live in your soul and has a plan for you. The scene taking place at supper time and Jesus is a guest at the Pharisee's house. But verse 37, well, I spoke a little bit about it, the sinner. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner. I know we got young children, so I'll be discreet. This woman was immoral. She did bad things with other people and she was known for her behavior in school, in high school, in junior high, in elementary. People are known for how they behave. 
I enjoyed fellowshipping with a college young man last night, and we were all kidding with each other about different things, and I'm not going to point nobody out. But it was fun that each of the fellows, they seemed to be known for different things, and we would all laugh and kid about it. But what's not a kidding matter is this woman, she was known for her sinful behavior. You know what? Any church I go to, if I were to ask the pastor, pastor, there's somebody in town you're really, really burdened for. There'd be a long list of people on his heart. Yeah, fellas known for this, and that lady's having trouble with that, and these boys ain't being serious about this, and there's certain sins in their life that they're battling. You know, this woman was there serving as a servant. In the Bible times, they didn't have tables and chairs. They would sit on the floor with pillows and the servants would stand around the walls of the house and they would wait to see my sweet tea is empty. And so they'd come and get it and run off and come back and bring a full sweet tea. And she's standing against the wall with the other servants. And it's amazing, for she was a sinner. Friends, she's not the only sinner there. Yes, that woman was a sinner. That Simon the Pharisee, that church man, that three-piece suit, uh, pressed cuff links with matching socks and ties and shoes and, and the creased haircut just right with just the right amount of gel in there. He was a sinner as well. I've grown up in independent Baptist church circles. I'm telling you, friends, we know how to dress up a pig looking pretty and make them smell nice and even a little girl's curtsy. About Bricolette trying to do that. We know how to dress it up. And it's still sinners that need Christ. We were in Guyana, South America for 23 months, church planting. The Lord allowed there to be a church planted there, and it's all God's glory and credit. In Guyana, they don't always smell like Americans. Rock guard, cologne, whatever y'all's lady foo-foo powder stuff, that's not down there. They don't use that. Many times we go door to door and down there you'd holler, inside, inside, and you'd rattle the, that's a solid, solid pulpit right there. You'd, you'd rattle the gate and inside make noise and they'd say, yeah, what is it, pastor? Different men that I meet, Rastafarians, they believe you can smoke marijuana, smoke drugs, and they have weed hair and it's real long and they don't use deodorant. They, they bathe in the drain and the ditches and they think they're worshiping Mother Earth and you know what? And I'd, I'd say, hey, how you doing? I'm Pastor Josh. And I'd give him a hug. Just the men. My wife would hug the ladies. And those men, they did, you know, how you doing? And sometimes I'd get lice and have to shave my head because their lice would jump to my head and then it'd be my lice and we'd share lice back and forth. And, you know, you, you, you cut your hair when you're on the mission field an awful lot sometimes. You know what? They didn't wear suits. They didn't carry a King James Bible. But they were souls for whom Christ died. And what was amazing is I found people, and my brother growed up in Brazil, maybe he can attest to this. I found where, where, where other pastors, they say, oh, I don't go to their homes. I'm a pastor. I'm God's man. And they're too good to go to their home. They're too good to eat with them. They're too good to sit on the porch and say, hey, how'd your week go? How's that? Is that boss being fair to you? Hey, oh, you got, oh, you got fresh food. Oh, yeah, what's that? Curry rat over bread. Oh, yeah, give me some of that. Mm-hmm. So how, how, what do you think of this politician y'all got eating curry rat with bread? Y'all want some of that? I'll take you down there. Oh, oh, this, oh, you got some soup. Oh, I love soup. I'm a soup man. I'm a country boy. Give me some soup. Yeah, three bowls later. What kind was that? Sheep brain soup. Praise God, I had three bowls of sheep brain soup. You know what? Spending time with the sinners. I don't go drinking with them. I don't go smoking with them. 
But Jesus walked and interacted. And what was amazing was when he interacted with Jesus, they walked away changed. The sinners we come into contact with, I don't have to approve of the tattoos or the chains from the ear to the nose to the eye. The, the, I mean, they're, they're getting earrings where you don't even put studs no more. You just, you know. And I, the, did you know how big your earlobe can get? I mean, they got earlobe. You put your hand through there. I mean, it's like, whoa, it's like a magic trick, you know. And, but, and they're like, whoa, what are you doing? They're crying out, we need Christ. Whatever that is, when we go on visitation Saturday, they're smoking, they're cussing, they got the TV up loud, they got stuff on, shit, no, but not even animal watch. Hey, they're crying out, I need Christ. Not where I shut the door, oh, I don't talk to you, oh, no, no. Now, if it's a lady not dressed right, my wife or a lady can talk to her. Oh, my wife would love to talk to you, talk to her. We had a teenage girl come to my wife's Bible study. I had men's Bible studies, my wife had ladies' Bible studies. They come in our home to have them. She had sewing machines, they have a sewing machine class. They naturally want to sew some clothes for their kids, for themselves. And my wife would share the gospel after giving them some food. And the Lord really blessed that. One of the girls, she's like six foot three. She's about 120 pounds. And she never seen the Dukes of Hazard, but I think she's a cousin. She had the Daisy Duke thing going. She'd come to church and sit down. And I could preach. I'd preach. I'd preach. I'd preach. I'd preach. I'd preach. She's sitting right there. You go past her. She won't save. See, when God saves you, he changes your want-tos. He changes how you wear-tos. He changes who you go-tos. God changes it all, and Lord hasn't saved her. I don't want her to dress up. She, she needs to get saved. Now, I'm preaching, and I'm preaching, and she comes to my Bible study, and, she, and my wife is closing up the house, and we're locking the doors and windows and the rebar and everything, and, and uh, we're checking the drawers, making sure we didn't have, lose anything, nothing was stolen. And... She pulled a drawer out and said, Joshua, the money's gone. I said, man, the money's gone. The money's gone. We have a Bible study. You teach them how to sew. You feed them a big dinner. And the money's gone. The money's gone. Okay, Lord, I'm not spirit-filled. I can't whoop them. can't slap them. Lord, I'm just going to be quiet. I don't know what you're doing. I'm in the flesh. Lord, deal with me. Help me, help me, help me. Well, I have a couple days to calm down. We have church. People walking in there. We had a chain link fence on three sides. We were up against the back of a house. And, and so our walls was a, we had a metal roof and a chain link fence. They smoked marijuana on that side. And my neighbor cussed me out during the preaching on that side. And that same, one of them girls come in, a six foot three girl, a tall Daisy Duke girl. She walked in with a dress pastor. Wouldn't turn a single head in this church. She looked like Laura Ingalls Wilder. I mean, she had a nice, nice little collar frill here and a modest dress and had a little bit of a, Five, six inch strain when she walking and I said, Gracious, what a wonderful Sunday dress you got there. That's wonderful. Thank you for dressing her purple. We're so glad to have you. And go to the pulpit and realize, wait a minute. They don't make money to buy dresses. Her daddy sells crackers and snacks. He don't have money. That's a brand new dress. That's a tall dress. That's expensive. She stole the money. And you know what, friends? I was like, you know, somebody who's trying to do right and somebody who needs to be saved, I'm glad we got somebody doing right and dressed modest. So then that day, I got to preach. I got to preach. I got to preach. And the Lord is doing a work in her heart. My wife was able to lead her to the Lord. Hey, sometimes sinners come in like sinners. And you know what? We're, I'm not better than nobody. We're not. And if we get past our American, we're better than everybody 
and we get some humble pie, hey, we just might reach some souls for Christ. Being prideful is not of, oh, I'm so proud. I'm a big mama jama. Don't you know who I am? Um, I'm, I'm, I was on my way to hell. I'm a glorified mobile, all because of what he did, nothing of what I did. Uh, I can't take no pride in what, I, what he did. Hey, we're sinners that are in need of Christ. This woman, for she was a sinner. But then I see verse 38, oh, the sorrow. And stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and had wiped them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Hey, this woman was worshiping him. Everything in Jewish custom, when you have a guest come to your home, you'd get some uh, olive oil and put in her hair because that dust overseas, I've been overseas almost two years, and boy, you get real dry and nasty and boy, that oil just hopes all that hair. Guys, we don't care about our hair. My wife told me to put things in my hair this morning, so I did. I said, yes, ma'am, I love you. I'll call you later. But the ladies, they had to put foo-foo stuff in their hair. They have machines to flatten their hair, curl their hair, wave their hair, color their hair, straight the hair, tip the hair. I mean, it's amazing what y'all do with your hair. And this lady, I've been married 15 years. My wife's taught me some things she does for her, okay? But this lady, she, she's weeping and she's washing feet. And feet stink and feet got dirt and feet got grime and feet got disease and feet got all the fungus among us from all the walking it's done. And she's got such a length of hair she used to use to attract men to be immoral. But now that the same hair that was used for sin is at the feet of Jesus washing and worshiping where Simon should have been, where we should be. She's got at the feet of Jesus and she's humbling herself. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves and what we used to take pride in, we have to take it and use it for God's glory instead of ours. The attention was no longer on her hair and how beautiful and how long and how wonderful it was. It was tied in with everything about the Lord and everything about the Lord was tied in with her hair. Everything God gives us should be to God's glory for God's honor, not for ourselves. Well, they don't wear this, so I'm not going to talk to them. And, and I remember in high school, Christian high school for myself in Virginia Beach, Virginia, was the most ruthless Mean people I've ever met in high school and junior high. We try to be somebody. I'm just that little strut, like old John, like a Clint Eastwood and John Wayne mixed together, the swagger. God ain't got time for that. He wants some humility. The sorrow I see taking place here. There was a lady that wanted to come to our church. We were knocked on the doors, and and uh, she's a grandma. And she started crying. I said, now, Pastor Josh, we're two corners over. We're going to invite you to our church. She started crying. I mean, big tears. Like, <laughs> I mean, snot bubbles. I mean, she was all in on this crying thing. I said, I asked my teenager, Norman, uh, my, my youth group, I said, Norman, well, did I say something wrong? Can you help me with the culture? And I said, no, Pastor, she liked to cry. She's crying good. Okay, she likes to cry. She didn't, didn't miss a beat. She kept crying. But <laughs> yeah, she was crying. I'm like, um, and the neighbors are starting to look the American made her cry. And I'm like, this is not good, you know. And I said, well, well, what's wrong? I just want to invite you to church. She said, I didn't know you were two corners over. I said, well, we are, and you're invited. She said, I, last week, I didn't know you were there, and I walked by, and I went to the church up the road. It has concrete building and air conditioning and, and nice seats and a big fan and wonderful music. And I, had, uh, I have a church dress. She had a Monday through Saturday dress. She had a church dress. She put the church dress on and walked about a mile in the sun, about 100 degrees. So grandma walking by the road where the cars drive by trying to hit people. 
She walks all the way up to that church, and there's a bouncer at the door. He won't the, the usher. He's the bouncer. He looked her up and down. What you doing here? Oh, I come to go to church. I want to worship the Lord. I need to be in church. Yeah. You're not what we're looking for. You go on now. He kicked her out. She walked home thinking, no one wants me. God don't want me. I said, Auntie, can I tell you something? You're exactly who we're looking for for our church. When you meet a stranger at the gas station, they're not born in America. They're not blonde hair, blue eyes, speaking, hey, y'all. Hey, and they got some country, some language, some accent, some scent, some odor, some way about them to disgust you. Hey, they're a soul for whom Christ died, and they need to know he died for them too. Not just your mom and daddy, but for them too. We well, see, I want to look at the scope of this. So I'm going to close the, 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 the reach of this. In verse 42 and 43, in verse 41, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. When they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? The scope of this forgiveness. I like to read. I like reading about generals. I like reading business CEOs. I like reading about military officers and uh, General Eisenhower and Patton and uh, General Stonewall Jackson and Lee and just all the generals, you know. And, and then I was reading about Abraham Lincoln. Can anybody in elementary school tell me who Abraham Lincoln was? Who was he? He was a president. That's right. Now he's a dead president, but he was a president. You're right. I was reading about Abraham Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln went to Ford's Theater one night to watch a play taking place, trying to take his mind off uh, uh, with the Civil War going on. And he had his wife with him, Mary Todd Lincoln. And he was watching there, and he had a bodyguard behind him. His one job, one job, watching for the president's safety. Who's in the hallway? Watch for the president's safety. Who, who's, oh, you can't talk to him. He's, in the, he's at the play right now. You can come later. That one job that, that guard had was to make the president safe. How many jobs did he have? One job. And, the, and they said that, the, that that night the play was really good and the crowd was loving it and cheering. And so he just took a moment to look over to watch what the president and his wife was just enraptured with. And, and uh, John Wilkes Booth reached in there and shot the president. And the president died. And that guard was taken to the White House and, and, and uh, was put in the Oval Office to stand before the desk to wait to be addressed by the officials to see uh, what would be done to him next as they, well, wait, uh, what was going to take place? Everything was in an uproar. The president's been shot. The president's been murdered. Mary Todd Lincoln lost her husband. Uh, their boys lost the daddy of the nation, lost a president. What in the world are we going to do? And he's standing there. Now, Mary Todd Lincoln is historically recorded for having a prolific temper. I know none of y'all ladies have a temper, but this Mary Todd Lincoln had a temper. I mean, she was generals would hop in closets with servants. Here she comes. And they'd hide in there until she passed by. I'm sorry. Open the door and Miss, miss seeing Mary Todd Lincoln, what a relief. And they heard her coming to the White House that night in the hallway screaming like a banshee, screaming and saying things that can't be repeated or written down. And she walked into that Oval Office and slammed the door shut. And she lit into this man that failed the one thing he was supposed to do. She's screaming at him obscenities and he's crying because he loved his president. She's crying because she's a, a wife that lost a husband and just so many other things going on at the same time. And, and she screams at him, I'll never forgive you. He stood there and took it. Because she had every right, per se, maybe to say, I, I won't forgive you for what you, you failed. That one thing you were supposed to do. And they heard a little rustle behind the desk there. 
I want to marry Todd Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln's boys, little chubby boy wearing some overalls. Come crawling out of the inside of the Oval Office desk and stood up and went to his mama crying. Hugged her and crying. He said, but mama, he looked at her, but mama, my papa forgive anybody, mama. My papa forgive anybody. Can I tell you, friends, my heavenly father, he'll forgive anybody. I meet too many people traveling on behalf of the Philippine ministry. I meet too many people that come and say, you don't know what happened to me when I was a kid. You don't know how I was done wrong. You don't know how I was mistreated. Yeah, uh, amen. Come, you don't know what it's like. My boys run off and my daughters run off and, and, and you see in their eyes and they're angry and they're mad and, and, and then there's other men that they know what they've done in their past. Men that got saved later in age and they're carrying this guilt. They say, oh, you, don't want to know what, you don't know what it's like to carry this guilt. Can I tell you, my father, he'll forgive anybody. One of my young men in my youth group in Guyana, his mother beat him physically, bodily, like with a bat, beat him because she was angry at something stupid. And he come to church and he was skinny and lanky and I mean, he, he had black skin, but I could still see bruising on his black skin. And I said, uh, Jonathan, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm angry. I can't do anything about it. Your mother, I just hugged him not too tight because he was sore from head to toe, bruising, swelling. He came dressed for church. I said, it's not right, Jonathan. It's not right. I've seen other men whip their kids with horse whips in Guyana. I said, it's not right. He said, preacher, it's okay. Jonathan said, preacher, I've forgiven her. It's okay. Can I tell you how you can forgive somebody because Christ, because God for Christ's sake forgave you? Hey, you're going to be done wrong in life. Not everybody's going to be sweet and nice. But I can share the same forgiveness that Christ gave me. Somebody might say something mean, but you can say, I forgive you because Jesus forgave me. Coming home from Iraq was not the greatest freedom I've ever felt. Kissing the asphalt in Baltimore, being home on American soil, woo! But I'm telling you, when I got saved, when I see Muslims get saved, when I see Hindus get saved, when I see blue collar, blonde hair, blue eyes, big, strong, strapping Americans come and get saved, hey, the greatest freedom in all the world is found in Jesus Christ. If you're walking through life today, you want to hold on to that bitterness. You want to hold on to that anger. It's going to eat you alive. And you may say, nobody knows. I'm country from North Carolina. When there's a stink in the yard, and your grass is tall, we still smell it. When you've got that unforgiving heart against who, however, for whatever, everybody knows. But there's an altar you can pray at. You can kneel where you're at. Say, Lord, you forgive me. I got no excuse. There's no reason why I should still carry this, but I won't let go. Brother Flores let go. God forgave him of all 12. This woman was told by Jesus Christ, you're forgiven. Thy faith has saved thee. Hey, Mr. Flores, if the lady in this book of Luke, you here today, you can experience that same forgiveness 
and taste and see what the greatest freedom in all the world is like. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed at this time. And